Hi, it's Anne. Hey, and welcome to Transparency in Teaching, where you will hear the truth about what teaching in today's classroom is all about, or at least our experienced version of it. This school year is finally ending. Thank God for small favors. And we are packing up our minimally used classrooms. Because of this weird, challenging, and mentally depleting pandemic, many teachers have decided to throw in the eraser this year and turn in keys. They will look forward to new challenges this coming fall and perhaps a return to sanity. But for others who are holding newly minted diplomas and teaching credentials, this summer offers time to plan for a new classroom and get ready for the beginning of an exciting, rigorous, and rewarding career. With that in mind, today's episode will be especially interesting and informative. We depart a bit from our usual back and forth banter to welcome a guest, Victoria Lucido. Vicky has recently retired after 33 years as a middle school history and drama teacher. Her teaching ability has been recognized by who's who of American teachers seven times. And she was awarded Monterey Teacher of the Year in 1999 by the Monterey Rotary. Now she has a new book out called Classroom Confidential, How I Survived 33 Years in a Public School Classroom, and You Can Too. Hey, why start from scratch when this book gives new teachers access to 33 years of experience in just 160 pages? Today, Vicki joins Jen and I to share her best advice for beginners, and even us old pros can pick up a new insight or two. So grab a notepad and pencil and get ready for the advice you wish you would have learned in all those fancy college credential classes, but didn't. Stay tuned. in teaching and today we have a special guest with us joining us now is Victoria Lucido she's a recently retired in 2018 and she is a 33-year veteran of the Monterey Peninsula Unified School District she earned her bachelor's degree in English go English from San Jose (laughs) State University and a master's in education from the University of New England She's been recognized by Who's Who of American Teachers seven times. Wow. I'm no kidding. And was awarded cool. Monterey Teacher of the Year in 1999 by Monterey Rotary. She received the Mildred Wilson Award for Excellence in Teaching in 2011 and was named an art hero by the Monterey County Office of Education in 2018. Talk about making me feel inferior. <laughs> Vicki's joining us today because she has a brand new book out called Classroom Confidential, and she wrote this with the intent of helping new teachers um, feel supported and less alone. Boy, is that not the truth? That first year of teaching sucked. Man, I wish (laughs) this book was out when I started. Jeez. No No kidding. Um, So she's in the book, though, she offers a lot of valuable tips and tricks based on what she's learned from her years of teaching. So hopefully she'll pass along some of those tips and tricks to us today. And so welcome, Vicki. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank you, Anne and Jennifer. So cool to have you have you pop in here. Um, God, I've got one year to go, and hopefully and then I'll be joining the ranks of the retired. 
that's my goal. Jeez. Wow. I haven't fast, even had the it? meeting yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been, this is my 35th year teaching. Wow. I know. Wow. I can't believe it. It seems like it just goes by so fast anymore. It's like the period takes forever, but then before you know, it's been 33 years. No kidding, yeah. right? It's yeah. what? When did that time go by? What? When did I get all these wrinkles? I don't. I know. <laughs> so, um, Vicky, give us a little background uh, about yourself. Like, when did you become? You know, why did you become a teacher? And what's your teacher history, so to speak? Okay. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to say too about my book because there's. I didn't know this when I wrote my book, but there's more than one book called Classroom Confidential. Um, but mine is uh, has the tag, How I Survived 33 Years in a Public School Classroom, and You Can Too. Whereas the other, there's one other book that's Classroom Confidential and has a different tag. And of course, my name is Victoria Lucido. The other book's not written by me. <laughs> but I just wanted to say that in case anybody after listening wants to buy my book on Amazon, they'll know which one it is. So it's green. Anyway. It's green. Um, so a little bit about my background. Um, I was not a natural born, like one of these people that always knew they wanted to be a teacher forever. I wasn't one of those people. Um, I actually wanted to be an actress um, in performing arts. And so I um, I always really enjoyed English class and stuff, but I didn't think about being a teacher, really. And then when I went to school, I had to work my way through school. And I worked at the Good Earth Restaurant in Las Gatas, going to San Jose State. And I couldn't do performance because I worked at night. And so I couldn't, basically, people that major in performance have to be available for rehearsals. And I couldn't do that. So I majored in my next thing I liked, which was English. And then that led me to say, you know, I'd really like to be a teacher. And also with drama, I always taught drama. And that was the other thing is I realized just doing community theater even, I just didn't have the thick skin to be an actress. Even in our local community theater, a lot of people have these huge egos. I remember when they cast a, a play at MPC, Larry Peninsula College, and I said, oh, who got in the cast? And somebody said, oh, just a few nobodies. <laughs> like, uh, no, like, who, are, who are these people? So I just thought if I can't even be in local theater with, with the egos, I certainly can't make it in the big time. So I thought I'm gonna teach drama and create what I always wanted, the sense of community with theater, the safe place with theater. So um, I taught English for 20 years and drama the whole time. And then I was just telling Jennifer, my last 10 years or so, they decided to core English and social studies. And then, so then mm -hmm. I had to quickly get my social studies credential. And then they said, well, now we need social studies teachers. So I taught seventh grade social studies or history for like the last <laughs> 10 years, but always drama. So basically, like I said, I wasn't one of these people that always knew they wanted to be a teacher, but I knew once I got in there, it's really what I was meant to do. So um, that's kind of my teaching history. Yeah, because there are some people like, oh, I was playing school when I was five and stuff. I'm like, I was, and I was like putting together my parents' curtains and making them listen to me sing, you know, at every family gathering. So that's what I was doing when I was little. <laughs> But I do feel like what I created, I was really proud of that 
I created a drama program that involved a lot of kids that may not normally be in theater because as a theater kid myself, I knew what made me feel safe. So anyway, right. kind of my history. Yeah, so it's, it's real similar to kind of what I was doing. I Well, I was one of those kids that did play school when I was little. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and, uh, but then when I got through college, I was like a teacher. Why would I do that? They don't make any money. It's a really hard job after I did all that. So then, of course, you know, one thing led to another, and I'm back here in 35 years later. Wow. Five <laughs> years. Congratulations. But it's been an amazing, it's a, an amazing job. It, to it totally is an amazing job. So it is. after going through all of the years that you've, you were, were teaching, um, you would think that most people would like be like vacationing, traveling the world, and you decided to write a book. So what inspired you to, to write a book and who's your book geared for? Well, the, about the traveling thing, I've been traveling basically my whole, I mean, that's the wonderful thing about teaching is that you have time to travel. And so because I taught seventh grade social studies and Jennifer, you probably have the same curriculum with the ancient civilizations. Mm -hmm. yep. um, I made a goal, my husband and I, to travel to every civilization um, cool. that I taught about. So I went to Africa, China, mm -hmm. Japan, of course, Rome, uh, to um, Istanbul, to um, uh, Peru, Machu Picchu. So basically, we did a lot of traveling. And we're going to still, I, we actually had a trip planned for India, and then we had to put that on hold because of COVID. But um, I I never really waited to do that. And if Jennifer, if you ever want me to come talk to your history class, I, I, oh. have, I used to bring stuff to class and ding, then I bring ding, back ding. from Africa. <laughs> One cool. year after Africa, we, we say we donate a lot of money to help elephants. Anyway, but back oh. to your question about the book. After, like, I'm sure, Anne, you feel this way. After you've taught all these years, you have all this experience and you think, wow, now I'm just going to walk away and, you know, and so I wanted to share it. And I had been sharing it probably like you, you know, new teachers come to you and you say, hey, don't worry about that. Or, hey, mm -hmm. this is how you get around that. And, you know, all this kind of stuff that you help teachers with while you're teaching. I enjoyed that part of teaching and I wanted to keep doing it. So when I decided to retire, I was going to teach another year. And then the district offered a buyout because, again, budget cuts. So I thought, I'm not going to. No, I'm not ready. And my brother said, you know, you should think about it because they were going to a new model of teaching again. And I thought, do I really want to do everything for one year? I did that many times. And so I thought, OK, I think I'll I'll do it. So I decided to do it. But I was very heartbroken. I like cried the whole all last semester of school and while I was in still teaching I thought you know I'm just gonna start jotting down all these things that teachers would come to me about like the staff lounge I mean nobody talks about the staff lounge but I don't know about you but that's like a big deal you know or having a sub or oh now we got a new administrator how are we gonna you know deal with that all these kinds of things that they don't talk about at staff meetings when they put up those big post-it notes with the big <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they do that in your district. Mm -hmm. with big anyway, so I started jotting these things down. And then after um, we re I retired and then we, you know, cleaned out my classroom and all that, I just started writing it. And basically, I just wanted to share what I learned. And like Jennifer said earlier, she said, I wish I would have had that book 
Well, that's how I felt. I thought I want to write the book that I wish I had because when I through, and I'm sure both of you, you have all these books in education that you get at conferences or you in the trunk, you stay in the trunk. And like, <laughs> what did you say, Jennifer? They go in my trunk and they stay in my trunk. Yeah, yeah. I never read any of them. Like maybe I, I people like I don't have this. And like a lot of times, it have statistics or. And so what I did was I just wrote a no nonsense book in my own voice about what I learned. And actually, there was an article I don't know. I sent it to you, but I don't know if you had a time to read it. I did but read the, it. Yes, I liked what the Herald woman said because she said it was written by a drama teacher and edited by an English teacher and I thought that's true because it's basically my story of how I learned these things and then giving the bullet points of you know when you have um you know just thinking about stuff when you have a sub these are things that you do to make it go six you know be successful um so that a teacher can pick it up and just Okay, what did she say about back to school night or what did she say about, you know, this or that and just grab it, read it fast, get, you know, and then put it away instead of trying to leap through some mumbo jumbo that who has time for? I mean, those books that I, they were all full of dust by the time I left. <laughs> right. I mean, I remember my first year of teaching. I cried like every day on my way out the door. It was so hard. I would be the first one to school and the last one to leave. And I always had like a big box of work and I would take it home. Now, now you can relate to this because this was back in the day before they had uh, copy machines. And I had to, I had to handwrite all of my worksheets on uh, carbon copy paper. I would handwrite them draw the little pictures and by hand, everything. Yeah, and then the stupid mimeograph, and you had to crank it. And, yeah. and, oh, and then it was really great when they invented thermals and then you could run them through. And then, oh my God, anyways, that's, this is teacher. Exactly. Old, this is old teacher talk. <laughs> yeah. But um, like, for, I think we've talked about this before on our podcast too, is one of the feelings. I just don't think that coming out of college, teaching, you know, getting a credential really prepares you for what's Mm-mm. ahead of you. I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you think that's true? Well, yeah, I looked over your questions. I was thinking about that, how it's been a long time, obviously, since I've been in, you know, teacher college, but obviously new teachers would come in and I'd ask them questions. And, um, and I think, no, it does, it does not. I don't think it does prepare you because I had teachers of various, um, uh, levels of experience, read my book just to see, you know, what they thought, get ideas and everything. And the new teacher said, well, I wish I, I wish I had learned this in my class yeah. because none of this, they don't talk about this. And, but I think that most jobs are like that. I was thinking about it after you wrote that question to me, I thought, well, what, what would be a job that would really prepare you in a classroom? Most jobs you'd have to get out and do it. So I don't think teaching is different in that way that you really can't. I mean, even if it was a Let's say, like I said, I was a waitress. Through, I if I sat in a classroom and they talked about waiting tables, and then I get out there and do it, you have to do it. So, I don't think that the classroom um, really teaches you until you get in there. You have your own kids looking at you, and you're really scared. And then you have to figure out, and, and you're talking, and then you realize you look at the clock and you have a whole bunch more time left. You know, I mean, now, like by the time I left, I could wing it forever, right? No problem. That's but at the true. beginning, I'd plan 
And sometimes at the beginning, I didn't plan enough because the very first year I taught, I had a three period, sixth grade core. So three periods, it was like reading, writing, and language arts. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I plan all this, but sometimes I still have all this time left. But by the end, I could fill that time. <laughs> right. And there's a lot yeah. to be said for, for experience. So thinking of your book, um, you have a lot of different um, chapters and sections, a lot of different kinds of things. How did you figure out what you wanted to put in your book? And can you give us some of the, what are some of the topics that you cover? Okay, so I have my book here. Um, So like I said, I wrote down, again, things that teachers would come to me, things that I was worried about too as a new teacher. And then later, just things that teachers would come crying about or worried about. And so I had about 50 topics, but then some fit into each other. For example, like parent conferences fit in with back to school night, fit into open house. You know, so that's like one, like, so these are just some of my um, topics. So dress the part. uh, And I'm just going to say, I'm not going to talk forever about this because I could, but just some teachers would find that kids weren't respecting them. Like, why are they cussing in my class? Or why are they... And I'd look at them, they'd have like flip-flops and yoga pants on, right? And I'd be like, well, and I'd be really nice about it, but I'd say, you know, the first month of school or so, you might consider just really dressing to set you apart. Because right now, if they see you in a sweatshirt and yoga pants or whatever, they look at you as an equal. Like a peer, yeah, like a peer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the beginning... It was very important how I dressed. I would calm down later, especially like when I was doing the spring play, then sometimes I would end up in sweats and tennis shoes too. But by then I had said it. Anyway, dress the part. Then I talk about staff lounge fitting in, some things about that, how to build community. Uh, One of my, I'm just going to rattle them off. You don't need any 12-year-old friends. That's a good one. That is so good. That's so true. Seize your power. Uh, the three B's of teaching, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Use rewards sparingly. I, I just can say a little side thing about this. I saw teachers that would try to bribe the kids into, you know, behaving. And that only goes so far. Um, your new BFFs, the custodian and school office supervisor, you got to get those people <laughs> on your side. No right kidding. Away. Very true. Uh, your classroom, your castle, the facts about facilities. Uh, dog and pony show, parent-teacher connection, staff meetings, a necessary evil or a total waste of time. Mm, mm, that could be a whole new podcast right there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You can't fight City Hall, but you can try. Taking over another teacher's assignment mid-year. And then about subbing, uh, budget cuts, surviving changes that are supposed to fix everything. How to train your administrator. Teacher trust, the thing you're not supposed to say, uh, firing squad evaluations. And then I talk about teacher rewards because like you said, there's a lot of rewards in teaching. I mean, that's what keeps you in the game, those kids. I mean, they could just break your heart or they can just, the, the kids in the classroom, but you can't go into it thinking you're gonna reward it because there's days when let's face it, you go home and you think, what the heck, you know? Right. But, 
Yeah. There's yeah. enough rewards that you think, wow, you know, when a kid comes up and says something to you or you get a note on your desk or you think, wow, you know, true. That is that so connection true. with those kids. So if you had to like pick the three most important chapters in your book, like these, you've got, this is, if you, if you're a limited amount of time, you got to read these, what would you say people should really like focus on? What do you think are the three most important things like new teachers need to know in order to be successful? Probably one would be, you don't need any 12 year old friends or whatever age you teach, not trying to be buddies with the kids. You know, I mean, you have a good relationship, but not to be on that level of trying to be their friend. Cause I've seen teachers try to do that and it just becomes really hard to pull back. Um, probably the boundaries chapter, you know, having boundaries around your personal space, around your life, taking care of yourself. Can you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Cause I think that's really important. Uh, when you specify boundaries. You, yes. Uh-huh. One thing I talk about is I said, make sure to get enough sleep. Make sure you are rested. I don't care if you have papers to grade. If you, at some point, 11 o'clock, 10, 30, 10, whatever your bedtime is, you need to go to bed. Because if you try to teach when you're tired, um, you're just not gonna be effective. So basically, if you have a stack of papers to grade or whatever, you gotta put them to the side and go to sleep. So basically self-care is really important. Protect your personal space. Don't allow kids up behind your desk, writing on your board. They wouldn't want you in their personal space, getting in their backpacks or whatever. So I would make it clear at the beginning of the school year, this is my space with my desk. You don't come back behind my desk. It's like going um, behind you know? the counter at a store. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, having your personal space is very important. Um, make sure when you say yes, make sure you know what you're saying yes to. Because I saw a lot of teachers also who would, the, the principal, principal mom would ask them, you know, do you want to be on this committee? And of course they want principal mom to like them or whatever. Oh, sure. And then they find out, you know, it was 7.30 in the morning. So be clear, say, well, what is this that I'm, what, what do you want me to do? I'm really honored you're asking, but what is, does it entail? And if you feel like it's too much and you can't do your regular job, then just politely say no. <laughs> but that whole thing about make sure you know what you're saying yes to. And I almost feel like as a new teacher, you should do as the least amount <laughs> as you, that you should try at the beginning. Just get your class organized, get your head wrapped around what you got to do and then branch out later. But I almost feel like that, like an administrator shouldn't be asking. asking yeah. They don't really have Sometimes a lot of experience to do that. They're asking those teachers because they're, you know, they're, they might be the ones that are most willing to say yes. Cause somebody like me, I'm like, uh, no, thanks. I know better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I said, stay as autonomous as possible. I tried to stay below the radars. I didn't want to be in the principal's office asking permission for everything. Um, I tried to be autonomous. And then if I needed their help, then generally they were pretty helpful because I wasn't bugging them all the time. So basically don't be bugging them all the time, asking, is this okay? Is that okay? So that when you do have something, you know, and then, um, I said, think twice before teaching summer school because I've seen teachers teach summer school. I did it my first job before I got a real job. I taught summer school. And then 
I say do anything else at summer. Really? Because, you know, because otherwise you come back to school and you're so burnt out. Like I've, yeah. I've seen new teachers and they taught summer school and then they come back and they're like, oh, I'm so tired. And the school like you never have a break, right? Started. And then the last thing I said is um, to advocate for yourself, to feel like you have a right to advocate for yourself. You don't, you don't be aggressive, um, but to, if there's something about your classroom or your schedule, now you may get a no, but try if there's really something that's gonna make your life hard the next year and you know it, go in and talk to the principal. Maybe something can happen. But in my book, I say, you know, the, the administrators are not your Lord and master. I was just gonna to say too, most of the time, mm. there's a, such an adversarial feeling like it's them against us. And it's really shouldn't be that way. You know, uh, we're really fortunate. We have a great administrator right now, mm-hmm. you know, that you can really feel like you're having an issue that she'll listen to you, you know, yeah. and that's how it should be. And I think like what you said, if you, if you go and present yourself like in a professional manner and like, you're not mm-hmm. always a whiner, uh, you know, right, right. Kind of thing. you're like, not in there all the time. Right. 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 <laughs> I think um, that that the principal can be a very big asset as far as, you know, your classroom goes. I mean, I know that, especially, this is one trick I use a lot. And that was, if I was really having trouble with a student, a student was really hassling me or was a really bad behavior problem. Instead of feeling like, I know a lot of new teachers probably feel like, oh, I need to handle it. It's my problem. I don't know what I'm doing. I would go to my administrator and tell them flat out, hey, I need some help with this kid. Can you come in and observe my classroom and then give me some tips on how to handle that? And I think when you, especially as a new teacher, when you do that, it shows that you're willing to take advice and you're open to you know suggestions and that you're aware of your struggles instead of mm-hmm. trying to you know uh, push it under the rug or pretend that you can handle it when you may not have all the answers. And I think a lot of new teachers feel like they have to have all the answers. And yeah, just don't. You just don't. That's one of the the nice things about after you've been teaching a while, you feel totally comfortable when a kid asks you a question to say, "I don't know." Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because you have the confidence. At the beginning, you're like afraid to say you don't know everything. You know, but after you've been teaching a while, sometimes a kid says something. You, yeah, I don't know. You, do the, you want to find out? Yeah, some <laughs> of the best know? things that you do in a classroom is like, hey, I. You know, I don't know the answer to that why, especially nowadays with computers, like, can you go look that up for me? Let me know exactly. what you find out, you know, or if you have a lot of, I know Jen uses a lot of different um, programs in her room and she doesn't know how to use them all. She just tells Mm-mm. the kids. The kids are the I ones know. that show me. <laughs> the kids all do that. I didn't know how to use all the technology. <laughs> right. And they do. So, and it helps them feel like a part of the class. And yeah. Empowers yeah. Them. And that can, that can change the, um, you know, the, what's that word I'm looking for? The thing in your room, the feeling the dynamics. In your room. No, not the dynamics. What is that called? The rapport. It's not that word. Oh. It's something like that. <laughs> this is what happens when you yeah, get old. You, you start words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that's I think one way of helping kids see that you value them and you yeah and exactly think that they're intelligent. You know. So, what could credentialing programs do now? Do you think that would help them uh, prepare teachers? I think bringing in teachers from the classroom. And talking to the teachers instead of like when I went through the credentialing program, a lot of the teachers were PhD types that 
you know, hadn't been in a middle school mm -hmm. classroom or, um, and so I think maybe bringing in some guest speakers or even just connecting the teachers to teachers in the classroom, you know, so that they have a safe person to talk to. Because again, when you're a new teacher, it's, I remember walking down, like when I got my first job and walking through the hallway and I'd see some teachers, they'd have these amazing classroom setups. And I had very little stuff, you know, in my classroom, I didn't have all this. And, but I was too embarrassed to go ask the teacher, like, oh, I don't, do you have any spare things or where can I get some stuff? And of course I didn't have any money. I was making $18,000 a year. So <laughs> that was the first year teacher salary back then. But basically if I had somebody that I had met in, in my mentor program that I knew I could call, that mm -hmm. I felt safe and said, Hey, you know, do you know where I can get some stuff or I don't know. So that connection to a real life classroom, other than this methodology and, that, right. I think you know so too. I think, I think it's a, it would probably be a good idea for even a school to set up like go-to teachers, like yeah. these, like teachers who are like, yeah, have them come to me. I'll help them out. Um, and so that people had a, like you were just saying a connection right off the bat. So if you're a new teacher, maybe you should, that may be one question you might want to ask your principal is who are my, who can I go to as a teacher? Like who would you recommend our, which teachers are open to helping, you know, other teachers? Because the principal would know, I would think. We definitely have teachers on our campus who are our go-to teachers. You know, they they always seem to throw throw them our way. I know Jen, <laughs> Jen's one, and then uh, <laughs> they always push her. But hey, ask Jen; she knows how to do it. So well, that's what I wanted to be. Well, that's what I was basically at our school, mm -hmm. and I'd really still like to continue doing that. Being a person that you know, that they could reach out to. Um, because when I was a new teacher, everybody was so busy. And they the principal did tell me, go talk to, I'm not going to say her name. I don't know where she is today, but I don't want to say this name, but go talk to this teacher who'd been, you know, around for a long time. So I went and I asked her, I said, hey, and blah, blah, blah. And I can't remember what my problem was or whatever. And she said, she looked at me and she said, when in doubt, punt and walked away. That was all she said to me. And so I thought, oh my what? God. And like the staff lounge, it was all these old teachers. We had a smoking room back then. Uh, and where so the mimeograph machine was. So they like they'd open the door and all the smoke would come out. But they were they'd sit at a table and they're really grumpy. And here I was a new teacher. And I feel like they resented me because I was, you know, my 20s. And so I really made point my whole career to never act like that to to welcome new teachers what do you need is there anything you need um so what's your advice then to a new teacher that comes in and how, how should they develop relationships how should they seek them out what advice do you have for them you seek out the the teachers that well, like in help. the teachers lounge like when you walk in there that day it's lunchtime and you've got oh. your little lunch box and you're like do I sit <laughs> do I talk to I um, yeah, okay so in some teachers I'm just looking at my chapter here some teachers you never go in the lounge they just never ever want to go in there for whatever reason they want to open the room to kids or they 
feel it's toxic or whatever. They just don't want to go in there. They don't feel comfortable. But I'm a very social person, so I always wanted to go in. And when I was teaching summer school, well, before I taught summer school, I was a substitute teacher. And that's why I wrote a whole thing about subbing, because doing a sub is really hard. And so I'd go into the teacher's lounge at these schools, and they'd treat me like I'm a pariah or something. Like everybody just didn't want you know, the sub to sit with you, you know? And in my book, I say, you know, I get it. Teachers are taking care of people all day and they don't want to take care of people at their lunch too. But because of how I felt being a sub, I always, hey, come sit with us. Or, you know, who are you subbing for? How's it going? Um, so what I say is, um, these are some of my bullet points is um, I say, I was friendly to everybody who entered. Now, this is as a seasoned teacher. So as a new teacher, I said, um, as a seasoned teacher, and maybe they could talk to somebody, I don't know, but I say I was friendly to everybody. I didn't have separate tables. We put all the tables together so that nobody would feel, because at one point there were separate tables and yeah. all the groovy people would sit at one and then like the poor mm -hmm. sub would buy themselves at this one. Um, and then... Um, I worked on Hearts and Flowers, so this might be what a new teacher would do. This is an idea for a new teacher is join the social club. Like most teacher uh, schools have a, like we had Sunshine Club at my first school and then we had Hearts and Flowers. So say, you know, do you, is there a social club? I'd like to be part of it because those are the people that, um, you know, want to acknowledge people having a baby or a wedding. Right. So if you get in with those people, then right away you've got that connection. And we always needed help with somebody, um, you know, setting up treat day or like I say, arranging a baby shower. So if a new teacher came along and said, hey, I'd like to be part of that, right away, they're going to get in with those people who are more the heart people. You know, right, that want right. That's a good point. Um, and then I said, um, like we used to have a treat day that helped, but also bringing treats like a new teacher, if they bring in a uh big Be plate teachers, of brownies definitely. <laughs> yeah. i'm telling you everybody's like hey who's this new teacher right that is yeah. so true if you feed teachers they will love you mm -hmm. yeah it's always like oh my gosh every time you walked into the teacher land there's donuts or there was a oh, oh my something. gosh gosh that's so maybe one one we... blessing from this year is we didn't gain like 42 pounds eating stuff <laughs> If a new teacher came along and they brought in a plate of brownies, or if they said, I want to be part of this, the social committee, I think right away, people would be like, oh, but if you're shy and you don't want to do that, maybe connect with one of those kind of people, you know, because they're always the, that group of people that, that want to build that community. Right. I think that's one thing, again, at our school, we've been really fortunate for the most yeah. part. Um, we don't, we never really had clickies. There's not, not any clicks. It's, we were always, even though we had separate tables, the whole room would talk to each other. Oh, good. And it, it was That's always, nice. it was always like that. And we were one of those groups too. If a sub came in, we're like, Hey, come over and sit with us. Um, oh, good. which was good because then you got to know the sub. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's uh, being friendly, but had some selfish reasons too, but um, yeah, I think just jumping in and finding those groups like you were talking about, I think that is a really good point to do. I especially love the idea about brownies. So go look up some good brownie recipes <laughs> and perfect them and then bring them in and you'll be fine. What else do you think is something that's really important 
for um, a new teacher? What would be one last piece of advice you would have? Maybe don't panic. You know, try not to panic. Like when they, when you're at that staff meeting and they say, you know, we're going to take, there's going to be a new thing that's going to cut 5 million. I mean, I've been in those meetings and, you know, try not to panic about whatever they're telling you, whether it's the new thing that they're going to implement, which probably only lasts a year anyway, um, or, you know, the um, budget cuts that are coming or whatever, take a breath and don't panic. Just relax because that's what I learned a lot and I'm sure you did too and, and Jen that you're throwing so many curveballs and at the beginning when I was a new teacher I get really panicked about oh my god they're gonna do this oh my god that's gonna oh my. and then I learned <laughs> just relax because it'll pass yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll pass or if it is implemented there's gonna be a whole bunch of people that are lost and confused you're not gonna be the only one and so just don't worry that you're going to have to learn this overnight, whatever it is, there's going to be training. And even with the training, you're probably still going to be confused, but don't worry about it. You know, that if you're doing a good job, you're doing your best, you're showing up, you're handling things, you're going to, it's, it's all going to work out, you know, it's just all going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's probably my last, uh, you know, since you said one more thing is that, <laughs> Whatever they throw at you, just relax and know it's going to be fine. And other people are feeling like you are too. And maybe every you look around, it looks like everybody else got their act totally together. <laughs> they don't. No, they totally don't. Yeah. No, it's just that's that the what happy hours are for, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots that. of them. Lots of happy hours. That's true. And it's just that the the teachers who are more seasoned have uh, perfected their um, I get it face, right? They're just this yeah. little facade that's behind them. And then later on at the happy hour, just like you were saying, Vicki, yeah. that's when we all go, what the, what are you going to do with that? I don't get it. And we're all talking about that. There's, and it's, and it, it uh, for new teachers, it gets easier. It really does. Everybody yes. gets better, right? Yes, it does. But, it does. It really does. Or you realize this isn't for you. You know, I see teachers that they realize, you know what, this is just not for me. And then other teachers, it's like, wow, my first year was this, but now this year's better. And every year it just gets where you just feel relaxed and the kids feel it, that mm -hmm. you're relaxed, that you know what you're doing, you have the confidence. So then they feel relaxed. Right. right. And it's, it, you're right. It doesn't, it's more than a year. It takes you a while to, yeah, to that right, at least three. Yeah. Right. So be patient, it. be patient with yourself for sure. And give your cut yourself. I hate this word because everybody's been saying it lately, give yourself some grace, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just so true. Especially after this year, boy. And if, if anybody wanted to remember what a new teacher was like, we were all new teachers this yes, year. Yes, we oh were. Oh my gosh. I just so applaud crazy. all of you. Just, I, I just don't, like I was telling Jen, I, when I retired in 2018, I had no idea. Of course, nobody did. Yeah. I was up ahead. And if I were teaching right now, I just, I just really applaud all of you because what a, what a year. Oh it's my been crazy, right? Yeah, it's, really it's been, been nuts. Crazy. We're all tired. Back in the classroom next year and you can see their little faces and because that's what brings you to school every day is, mm -hmm. is those connections with the the kids and the other teachers and and did not have that oh my gosh we've been not back on campus since uh beginning of april oh you have uh, yeah part-time so we have oh, okay. a, a morning session 
with kids on campus and then afternoon sessions all online. But I think what all of us have appreciated even more, I mean, seeing the kids has been awesome, really has. Mm-hmm. And, but it's seeing each other. <laughs> I think yeah, I know. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's really been, that's been really cool to see yeah. that. But um, we need new teachers and we need teachers who, who want to be there. And like you said, there will be people who get into the profession and then realize, uh, whoops, it w- wasn't for me, uh-huh. uh, you know, but um, I, I just think there's so many people who don't really realize how hard it is it and is, they just yeah. think it's so easy and it's not, but it's, not. it's like people say it's one of the hardest jobs you'll ever love. <laughs> and uh, you know, you just like give yourself a, give yourself a, a few years to get your feet wet and, and be patient with yourself and get Vic, and get Vicky's book because yeah. it, it, it definitely has, it truly has some really like valuable advice. It's sort of like a, an owner's manual for the first year of teaching, you know, um, some really valid points. Uh, and if you, if you are a new teacher, I would say that should just be a, you know, or if you know somebody who's going to be a new teacher, you should buy them that book. Um, or if, even if you know somebody who wants to be a teacher, they might want to read that book <laughs> before they can get into it to see if it's good. And if you are a professor at a school, you should consider using a book like that as part of your curriculum in order to better prepare um, people for what's really out there and in, in the classroom. So Thank I think you. I appreciate of, that. No, I and think I it should be part too. of student teaching. Like it should be a student teaching manual, really. That would be awesome. I, I Once things are safe and they're getting there now, I'm hoping, you know, to be able to go to teacher conferences and connect in that way. And, and a lot of my book is just common sense, but it's It's, things that common sense that comes after time. Right. (laughs) And like somebody, I've heard so many wise people, successful people say, the reason I'm successful is because I read books by people who came before me. Right. Mm. So you, it took you 33 years to learn all that. And you put it in a book where somebody can read what you took you 33 years to learn. They can read it in a couple of hours and have that knowledge and not have to wait 33 years to learn all that. And that's the value of reading books by experts. And you're definitely an expert teacher, (laughs) as we saw in the beginning with all those awards you got. So, um, (laughs) well, one of my friends had read the book, said, you know, your book's almost, um, a book for somebody besides new teachers, somebody who's been teaching a couple of years, because sometimes when you first start teaching, you don't even know what to ask. You haven't even come across some of the things yet. So you don't even know, like budget cuts, you haven't experienced that yet or whatever, you know? So, and I feel like my book um, would be valuable for parents because sometimes parents don't know what the teach, you know, they think of their own child but they don't realize the teachers, what they're dealing with all these kids, you That's know, and what we're podcast. facing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. But um, where can people find your book and more information about you? Um, so I have a website, victorialucidobooks.com, where you can buy my book or just read about me. In fact, I'm going to be putting that newspaper article on hopefully in the next couple of days. Um, and I'll link to it too in our show notes. But also my book's for sale at Amazon. Um, and I think somebody said they bought it off of like Apple Books or mm. it's, yeah. But anyway, right now it's on Amazon. Um, and so, yeah, readily available. And I'm, again, looking forward to 
going out and talking about it. Um, I was supposed to have a launch party. My husband and I are in a band, the Lucido Band. Oh, my God. What kind of band? In May of 2020. And then, so when that party happens, I'll I'll let you folks know about it. Maybe you'd want to (laughs) come. Sounds fun to me. What kind of band? What do you do? Is Is it a musical, like music? Well, yeah. yeah, so we we um, basically what we're going to do at the party is um, I'll say like a real short spiel. And then uh, my stepdaughter is going to be selling the books if anybody wants to buy one. And our sons are in the band. And so we just have a party just to celebrate the, the this book came out. Well, good for you. So we're hoping cool. I told my husband maybe fall we'll see how the summer goes but if not then maybe we'll have to wait till everybody feels comfortable coming into a club again yeah i don't know sounds awesome vicky mm-hmm. well congratulations congratulations on your book and thanks for hanging out with us today really well, appreciate you having yeah. time. and i'm sure I, I know that a lot of people probably got a lot of good tips today especially mm-hmm. new teachers and uh even maybe some parents got some ideas about what it's like being in the classroom <laughs> yeah right so <laughs> hey if you um enjoyed today's uh if you don't enjoy today's show please look us up on all of your favorite listening platforms we're on apple we're on stitcher we're on i don't know where else gosh anchor so anchor yeah. yeah anchor i shouldn't really put you know both <laughs> them since they're our host um, yeah. And so check us out, go to transparencyandteaching.com. I'll be posting the links uh, to where you can find Vicki's book and her website. And again, Vicki, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It was so nice to meet you. Thank mm-hmm. you. It was really yes. fun. Jen and Anne, thanks so much. Thank you. For more about Victoria, you can find her book on Amazon and you can read more about her on her website, victorialucidobooks.com. You can also see an interview with her on YouTube um, by going to our website and finding the link there. You'll also find a link to an article that was written about um, Vicki in the Monterey Herald. You can find all of those links on our website at transparencyandteaching.com. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening. If you found today's show entertaining and informative, well, even mildly so, please subscribe and rate and review us so others can find us too. We are so grateful to our faithful listener. I mean, listeners out there, you know who you are. Your feedback and comments help us determine our topics and develop as content producers. Thumbs up, five stars for sure a link. You can check out all our shows at transparencyandteaching.com and listen at anchor.fm, Apple, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.